0: I want to talk a little bit about labor and its history. In Alan Bennett's play, The History Boys, one of the students is asked to define history. And he thinks for a moment, and he finally replies, history is one damn thing after another. (laughs) Well, you know, New Yorkers are typically too consumed with coping with the present or capitalizing on the future to consider our past. But we can't really understand who we are or where we're going unless we understand our roots. And if you check your working people calendar on the way out, you can look at tomorrow's date and see that it's the anniversary of the 1874 Tompkins Square Blood or Bread Riot. Uh, thousands of unemployed workers, most of them were German immigrants, massed in what was the city's biggest demonstration to date. They were beaten back by police at the time. Samuel Gompers, the labor leader, called it an orgy of brutality. And about the only reminder, other than the calendar item, is a plaque at 50 East First Street where the protesters met at Schwab's saloon. Now, finally, another plaque is about to be erected, this one at 29 Washington Place, to commemorate another anniversary, the Triangle Shirtwaist Fire, 1911. Thanks to the enlightened leadership of democratic ward healers named Smith, Wagner, Walker, Roosevelt, and an unsung Tammany politician named Francis Murphy, the response to that tragedy helped inspire the New Deal. Now, the working people calendar reminds us of New York's rich labor history. And for this, we owe a debt to Jay Hershenson, to Gail Mello, to Richard Lieberman, and to the New York Times in education program. Now, clearly, we have come a long way since A. Philip Randolph organized the Sleep and Carporters Union in Harlem. But the emergence well after that of Occupy Wall Street, of the Working Families Party, are reminders that organized labor's gains have been eroded since then. New York still has the highest union membership rate of any state in the country. About one in four workers are union members, more than double the national average. But in the mid-century, mid-20th century, more than one in three were. Six in ten workers in public administration, like CUNY, for instance, are unionized. But only one in ten in manufacturing are, and today fewer than 3 in 10 in construction are. There's a new skyscraper being built at 111 West 57th Street. It's being built with non-union labor. The developer is saving $100 million by building it with non-union labor. How long do you think? other projects in the city are going to be built with union labor, given that disparity. And the growing gap in unionization rates between public and private sector labor, according to a recent CUNY study, posed profound implications on another level. Because, as that study said, a strongly unionized private sector helped foster historically a social democratic political culture in New York City. One that led to the New Deal, one that led to the Wagner administration's recognition of collective bargaining, led to to a whole history of union relationships in this city. And as we just heard, meanwhile in Washington, this past Monday, yesterday, Uh, there were suggestions that the Supreme Court is about to deal a severe blow to organized labor. We've come a long way since Harry Van Arsdale, who was head of the Central Labor Council, could settle strikes with a wink, or when Victor Gottbaum, with enlightened self-interest, invested union pension funds in city securities, to avoid municipal bankruptcy. He began as a teenager, as a labor organizer. He was one of four guys working in a factory, making cardboard frameworks for pocketbooks. And he found out that he and the other white guys were making $10 an hour, while the two blacks in the factory were making $8. So he threatened to walk out. And the manager agreed, finally, to raise the pay of the black guys. The manager was Victor Gottbaum's father. (laughs) Now, Victor died last year, and it's worth remembering where the unions got their strength. And let's remember anniversaries as we look at this calendar, which you'll get on your way out. This past year was the anniversary, century ago, that Joe Hill was executed. Now, I'll bet most of the students, I'm sorry to say, at CUNY will have no idea who Joe Hill was. And they'll have no idea of a song that was sung at Victor Gottbaum's funeral this past year. The song went, I promise you I won't sing it, <laughs> When the union's inspiration through the workers' blood shall run, there can be no power greater anywhere beneath the sun. Yet what force on earth is weaker than the fecal rate strength of one? For the union makes us strong. Still true today, a hundred years later.